Fantastic. How good is it to be in the house of God, hey? Happy Easter. The King has risen. Hey, the King has risen. It's an exciting day. Uh, welcome to all our first-time guests here uh, this morning. You are so very welcome. Welcome to our online family. I know we've got a number isolating with COVID, etc. We love you. And then, of course, welcome to our congregational members. We love you guys. And it's good to have you in the house as well. Um, as uh, Pastor Adele was saying, we've been doing a series over the last few weeks on uh, There Is Hope. And so the first week, um, and we're looking at from different perspectives uh, from the Bible. And so for the first week, uh, Pastor Adele preached an incredible message and she preached from the perspective, no, Pastor Jacob did, sorry, that was the first week. And he preached from the perspective of the disciples and particularly Peter. And then on Palm Sunday, uh, we were in isolation on Palm Sunday, but anyway, here we are. And um, Pastor Adele preached from the perspective of the crowd as Jesus rode into Jerusalem. And then on Good Friday, just gone, uh, Pastor Jacob preached on, um, on Good Friday, the perspective from Jesus Christ himself. And he preached about how he views the cross himself. And so I encourage you, if you missed any of those messages, to jump on our website and have a listen. Because I know you will be blessed and I know you will be encouraged. Amen? But today is Easter Sunday and today we are looking at the Easter story and we're going to be looking at the resurrection of Jesus Christ and we're going to be looking at it from the perspective of us. What it means for humanity, for every single individual in this world, what does it mean for us? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. How awesome is that? How awesome is that? And so I want to share with you, many years ago, I was searching, searching for I exactly do not know what I was searching for, which makes it pretty hard. When you're on an Easter egg hunt, I watch my kids this morning, they know what they're searching for, right? They're searching for Easter eggs. It's pretty easy. They know when they've found it, right? Uh, but for me, I didn't know what I was searching for, just searching in all the wrong places. I was searching for, um, I was searching, I guess, to fill this emptiness that I felt inside of me, searching to, to fill this void, searching for, for life to make sense, searching for a purpose. You know, I thought to myself, um, there has to be a reason for, for my existence. There has to be a reason for our existence on this earth. And, and I knew that I was created for more. I just knew it. I just didn't know what that more was, but I felt it inside of me. And I'm sure everyone has that longing and that pulling. There's something we were created for. We were created for more. And so I was searching for purpose, uh, et cetera, wanting, and I was wanting somehow to, to start my life over again, except I, I didn't know how. I, I just wanted to s start it again, but how, how do you do that? And I remember there was this famous, um, this song at the time by two famous singers. Now, I might be showing my age here, uh, but the two famous singers were Michael Hutchinson from In Excess and U2 from Bono. And they sung and performed this song. Oh, was it the other way around? All right, sorry. And they performed in Michael Hutchinson from In Excess and U2, Bono from U2. That's it, Jenny. I like, thank you for helping me out there. Uh, and um, and they, 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 they did this song together called uh, Slide Away. And it's not actually a very popular, it's not a well-known song, but the lyrics were this, I just want to slide away and come alive again. I just want to slide away 
and come alive again. And I remember in my state of hopelessness, I remember thinking, that's what I need to do. Somehow I need for that to happen. I somehow need for this life that I'm living, this life with no hope and no purpose and no peace, I somehow need that to die, but a new life to be resurrected. These were my thoughts. I just want to slide away and come alive again. It didn't make sense. It did not make sense, but I was searching for truth. But the question is, is what is truth? What is truth? Many of us, particularly at the moment, if you can relate, we're looking at the world today and all that's going on and we're wondering what on earth is going on. Where is truth? We're searching for truth. What is happening? Who do we believe? The lies, the propaganda, the... The, it, it's like, where do we look? Who do we turn to? Who can we trust? So many voices, so many opinions. We're drowning in it. And so many people are just more confused than ever. People are searching for answers. Humanity is searching for truth. But what is truth? What is truth? It reminds me of Pontius Pilate in the Bible when Jesus walked this earth. If you know the story of Pontius Pilate, I'll I'll, I'll tell you a little bit right now. He was a Roman governor and the Jewish people and the Jewish leaders took Jesus to this guy, to this governor, because he's the only one that could, could order Jesus' execution. And they took Jesus to him and they demanded that he be executed. Except Pontius Pilate couldn't understand why. He just didn't know why. He, he was going uh, backward and forward between the crowd and between Jesus asking questions, trying to figure out what on earth has this man done? He appears innocent. I don't understand what's happening here. What crime has he committed? And he was searching for the truth between the crowd and between Jesus Christ himself. He couldn't make sense of it all. He couldn't. He had the pressure of the crowd. He had the pressure of the laws of the land. And he also had the pressure of his wife. She had had a bad dream and she said to Pontius Pilate, she said, leave this innocent man alone. I had a terrible nightmare because of him. So he's got pressure from all places and he's going backwards and forwards to the crowd. But what has he done? What are you, I, what, what's the story here? He goes to Jesus and he talks to Jesus trying to figure it out. He was confused. And in John 18 verse 37, it says this, Pilate said to Jesus, so you are a king. Jesus responded, responded, you say I am a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. And this is how Pilate responded. He said, what is truth? What is truth? Did Pilate miss the truth? Did, 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 he, did he recognize the truth and reject it? Did he have truth standing right in front of him? He was speaking to him. Did he have it right in front of him and push it away? What is truth? Did he decide against it? Because we all have a choice, right? And Pontius Pilate had a choice in that moment. Jesus was saying he was the son of God. I'm the son of the God. I'm a king, but not of this kingdom, of another kingdom. But the crowd was saying, no, he isn't. No, he's not. The Jews 
couldn't make sense of it all. They didn't understand it. They were waiting for a Messiah, but this guy couldn't be it. They couldn't, they, because they couldn't understand it, because they couldn't make sense of it, they thought, surely it's not him. And it sounds so familiar to the world that we live in today. If things don't make sense, therefore it cannot be. We have to see, feel and touch for things to make sense. And we disregard the truth and we disregard the faith and we disregard a God who created the universe, a God who created the human race. And we push him aside. The God who formed us in our mother's womb, we got Mother's Day coming up, knitted us together, where you, whether you're a happy accident or a pleasant surprise or whatever, the, the, doesn't matter. God knows. God does not make mistakes. He's desperate to be in relationship with us. He wants his kids to come home. He wants his kids to come home. And so eventually Pilate hands over Jesus to be crucified. And so we jump past the whippings. Uh, we jump past the insults. We jump past the, the abuse and, and all that Jesus Christ took upon himself. And, and we find ourselves with Jesus nailed to the cross, taking his last breath. And four miraculous events took place as Jesus took his last breath. Uh, so first of all, darkness covered the whole earth and it wasn't even nighttime at that time. So can you imagine just all of a sudden right now that the whole earth becomes dark? So that's number one thing that happened. The second thing that happened is dead people rose from the tombs. That would get your attention, wouldn't it? That would certainly grab your attention if dead people were walking around. Of course something's happening. The third thing is the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the fourth thing, if that wasn't enough, dead people walking around, uh, dark, completely dark when it's daytime, doesn't make sense, is that an earthquake shook the land. You'd have to be pretty thick <laughs> to not realise that something significant happened at that time. Whether you accepted it or not, something significant, something pretty obvious took place. Would you agree? It was an event in history that would have been pretty hard to ignore. And in Matthew chapter 27, verse 54, it says this, And the Roman officer and the other soldiers at the crucifixion were terrified by the earthquake. I would have been terrified by the dead people walking around. But anyway, and all that had happened, and they said, This man truly was the Son of God. This man truly was the Son of God. And in that moment, they recognised truth. In that moment, they recognised truth. Do you know I remember the exact moment when I recognised truth? When I personally met Jesus Christ, when I gave my heart to Jesus, in all my searching, he was the answer. And when I met Jesus, I met truth. Jesus Christ himself said this in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. How awesome is that? I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. 
Jesus had to die so there could be a resurrection. He had to die to make a way. And on this very special day today, on Easter Sunday, we are celebrating is the day of resurrection. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, it says this, Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. That's super cool, isn't it? (laughs) His face shone like lightning and his clothing was white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said it would happen. Come see where his body was lying and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. What an awesome piece of scripture. And I love what the angels said to them. They said, come and see. Come and see for yourself where his body was lying. Come and see that it is not there anymore, that he has indeed risen, that he has been resurrected. And the angel also said, go and tell. Go and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And so it's come and see and go and tell. Come and see and go and tell. And that's what God, if you're a believer in this room, that's what God calls us to. Every single believer, that's what God calls us to, to come and see and then go and tell. Come and see and go and tell. Find out for yourself and then go spread the good news of the gospel with others. Amen? Amen? And so we come down to what truth is. And truth is not relative. It's not not based on, on the articles we read. Sorry. There's so many articles out there, it's nuts. I mean, I just read one, then I read the other, and I'm confused. I'm like, where's Jesus? It's not based on on what you think is right or wrong or what I think is right or wrong. I mean, because then who decides? Because what I think might be right, you might think is wrong and vice versa. So it can't be based on that. It's it's not based on, on people's opinions. It can't be based on people's opinions because we all have different opinions, right? It's not based on on the majority. It's not based on the minority. It's based on Jesus Christ. It has to be based on Jesus Christ, amen? It has to be based on Jesus Christ, the author and perfecter of our faith. I mean, if that doesn't bring you such peace and joy, I don't know what will. To know that there's someone that understands everything, the author and perfecter, the the living God who created you, to know that he walks by your side and he is truth, that is good news this morning. That is truth, that he truly was the son of God, that, that he was crucified, buried and rose on the third day. That is truth. And you know, once you've found Jesus, the world doesn't have to make sense. The world owes us nothing. That, that we are in this world, if you're a believer this morning, if, we, if we, are in the, we are in this world, but we are not of it. We were created for more. We were created for more, and there is resurrection power living inside of all that believe. 
in Romans 8, 11, it says this, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same spirit living within you. How awesome is that? I wasn't going crazy. Maybe I was a little bit. But I wasn't going crazy when I knew that somehow the life that I was living needed to die and a new life needed to be resurrected. In fact, it needs to happen. It has to happen. Our old lives need to die and a new life needs to be resurrected. And we're doing baptisms just after the service and that is symbolic of what God does in and through every one of us. Three amazing people have stepped into that resurrected life. And with that comes power. The same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is living in each of us. Amen? Our old life needs to die and a new life needs to be resurrected. And if you are a believer this morning, we still all have parts of our lives, really, that need to die and new parts that need to be resurrected. It's not just once and done, it's done. It is in the spirit, but then we still got that thing called flesh, right? (laughs) Die, flesh, die. That is where our hope comes from. That living power, that same living power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead living in us. We were created to live a resurrected life in God through his power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And that is our perspective. Our hope is in the resurrection. Our perspective is victory. That's our perspective as humanity. In Christ is victory. We're not victims, it's victory. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 55 says, Where, O death, is your victory? (laughs) What a challenge, right? Yeah, where is it? Come on, tell me. Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. That is our perspective. Victory is our perspective. And so the question is, is, is what does it mean for you personally? What does it mean as you're sitting here today and you've got a, maybe got some circumstances, some issues, some family problem, whatever you've got going on in your life? Because we all have that still, right? What does that mean for you personally? It means there is hope, that there is hope for your marriage, that there is hope if you're going through a divorce. There's hope after divorce. It's not done. It's not it. But there's hope. There's hope for your wayward child. There's hope. There's hope for healing. Like if you've been given a doctor's report and it doesn't look good, there's still hope. That's not the final decision, that doctor's report. There's hope. That's what it means for you personally, that there is hope. There's hope for that family member that's struggling. There's hope for restoration and reconciliation. You know, maybe um, there's, there's some relationship in your life where you're disconnected. It's, there's something that's happened and, and you're, th- there's still hope for that. There's hope for restoration and reconciliation. God is, as Jacob preached, uh, is the restorer. He came to, to bring restoration. He came to bring reconciliation. There is hope. The team can come up if you like. Thank you. That power that is living inside of you has the anointing 
and authority to change any circumstance. And I'll say that again because I know we're a little bit distracted with the team. That power that is living inside of you has the same anointing and authority to change any circumstance in your life. It can break it in the name of Jesus Christ. You just have to put your faith in that to know that your perspective needs to be hope and victory. Hope and victory. That is our perspective. Hope and victory in Christ. That is our perspective. There is hope for restoration. There is hope for your financial breakthrough. And I know there's people that are struggling, jobs and and, and et cetera, et cetera, finances and all of that. There's still, there's hope. There's hope for your financial breakthrough. There's hope for shut doors to be open again. God can open doors. He can heal those places. He can, if you will let him, that is the key. Will you let him in? There is hope. There is hope for dead dreams to come alive again. Just because you've given it a crack once and it didn't work out doesn't mean it's the end. God can resurrect dead things in your life. We come from that perspective of hope and victory. Amen? I remember in all my searching, you know, at the start I was talking about searching, I ended up at a drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre and I did say they end up pretty far from <laughs> where you're meant to be. And... Um, and I remember arriving and my life was a complete mess. I was drug addicted, suicidal, uh, no hope whatsoever. And I remember sitting down with the staff member that I was assigned to look after me. And she looked directly at me and, and she said, do you know there is hope? Do you know there is hope? And I so desperately wanted to believe her. I almost wanted to, to reach out and grab a hold of it. I so desperately wanted to believe her. I mean, what is truth? What is truth? Was it standing right in front of me? And I said to her, I said, is there, is there really? A little bit like Pontius Pilate, but what is truth? Is there, but is there really? Is there really hope? And she said, yes, there is. And the first step is to put your hope in Jesus. That was the first step she said that I needed to do. And you know what? I had nothing to lose. It's easy to come to God when you have nothing to lose. Because you, what, what have you got to, to give him? There's nothing. It's easy to come to God when you have nothing to lose. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this, If you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And so I had a decision to make. Truth was standing right in front of me and I had a decision to make. Will I accept it or will I reject it? Could this possibly be the thing that I'd been searching for for all these years? Is it right in front of me right now? I mean, God's so good like that. I mean, it, it, he's just so good. What do I do? I chose to accept it. And I remember praying a prayer. It was just such a simple prayer, such a simple prayer. And I remember this peace and this joy uh, that came over me. Nothing like I'd ever experienced before. And that's God. That's his presence. That's his hand. That's his comfort saying, I am with you. You are my child. Thank you for coming home. 
And that's how simple it is. That's how simple it is, is taking that first step to put your hope in Jesus. And I began to live this incredible life in God. And let me tell you, it still has challenges. You know, over the last 20 years, on the 27th of February 2001 is when that day happened. I've still had challenges. I've still had issues. Just talk to Jacob. But I tell you what, but from a perspective of hope and victory, it had changed because I'd met Jesus. It had changed because he is truth. It had changed because he is hope. It had changed because I'd exchanged my sin and he'd given me forgiveness and victory. We have hope and victory in him. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We thank you that we can come from the perspective of hope and victory, Lord God. Because of you, Father, because you have risen, Father God, Jesus Christ, we can come from that perspective, Lord God, that we are not victims, that we have our victory in you, Lord God. I just want to give anyone that's in this room or online right now um, just an opportunity. If you've never entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we're going to pray a prayer right now. And if that is you, if you'd like to put your hope, if you'd like to take that first step and put your hope in Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer right now. And even if you've um, done it before, many years ago, but you want to make a recommitment this morning, we're going to pray a prayer right now. Mean it with all your heart. And we just read that as you do that, the Bible says that you are saved. You've entered into a personal relationship with Jesus. And I would never, ever, ever give that away. In all my searching, I was happy I ended up there at a Christian drug and alcohol rehabilitation program because that's where I met Jesus. And he was my answer that I had been looking for. And so, church, if you can pray after me, if you're praying this for the very first time, believe it with all your heart. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins, wash me clean, and today I choose to live for you. I thank you for that resurrecting power, the same power that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is living in me. From this day forward, I choose you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just with your heads bowed, if anyone prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning, just said with everybody's head bowed, if you can just lift your hand in the air, just so I can see, because I'd like to pray for you. I see that hand there, just so I can pray with you. We want to resource you. This is the greatest decision of your life. If uh, Just a few more moments. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, just slip your hand up in the air so I can see. Fantastic. Anybody online, if you comment in the comments and we'll reach out to you. What an amazing decision. Good on you. Praise Jesus. We give you all glory. I'm going to just going to pray for everyone right now. Lord, I just thank you for every single person here right now, Lord God. I pray, Father God, that they would live in all that you have for them, Lord God, that they continue to step into all that you have for them, Father God. And we thank you for the hope and the victory in you, Lord. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Well, fantastic. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to praise the risen King.